Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to a brand new Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. Today, I guess we would be state heads. Yes. Technically. Yes. Did I do that joke the last time that these gentlemen joined us to talk about this I don't think topic? so, but you do make a good point. This is a reprise of a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Introduce our guests. You know them better than I do. Graham Finley of Grant Thornton and Doug Robinson with uh, NASIO. National Association of State CIOs. Welcome, gentlemen, very much. Thank, Thank you. you. To hold up the report there so the podcast listeners can see it. The focus this year, I think, is really important, though, Doug. You're really focused on customers and the way CIOs think about their customers. Responsive State CIO is the title of this report, connecting to the customer. Why is that so important today? Multidimensional, but part of it is the evolution of the CIO business model, which is more consolidation, uh, more optimization, and so more connection to their internal customers, meaning the agencies. And so we uncovered and dug into how they're doing that, how they're framing that with methodologies as well as their IT costs. And the second part, the bigger customer is ultimately the citizen. So indirectly for many of them, but that's part of it as well. So how digital government is being more citizen responsive. You use the word citizen, but your report uses the word customer. Is there a distinction between a customer in the commercial and government context? Technically, they're really not. I mean, the citizens are customers. Uh, the challenge is, I think, for the business models, they don't, citizens don't have a choice in the marketplace like they do with the, with the commercial side. So they, they must be served. And so part of that is, as we've seen from many years of data, how do you uh, create a citizen-responsive, uh, seamless digital experiences as they have in the commercial sector. So I think the citizens are, as consumers are enjoying that. And so uh, they have a level of frustration uh, with their inability to conduct business with state government in the same same way. So we're seeing that, uh, as we've seen from the data, more emphasis on that citizen experience and engaging citizen services and moving to mobile and moving to uh, responsive activities that you're not, you haven't seen very, very much. So we can certainly talk about that. Graham, Doug made a distinction at, in this work about state CIOs that I'm seeing at the federal level too, and that is the distinction between the internal and the external customer. Federal agencies, I think, are just starting to pay attention to that a lot over the last several years. Is this something that has been working better at the state level for a long time, or is this an, a, a distinction that people at the state level are also just kind of starting to understand? Well, I don't know if you could say it's been working better, but I would say there's been a, a general understanding, you know, that uh, I think as you get lower down in the levels of government, you tend to get closer to the citizen just by nature. And so the, the services on the technology side that state CIOs have been responsible for have had citizen impact for a long time. You think about DMVs, you know, and so on. I think there's been a heightened level of interest, particularly as the CIO has started to move from less of a back office function, data centers and networks, and more becoming interested in the, the programmatic side and supporting the business programs and the mission that the interaction has become all the more important. What steps are they taking to try to improve that interaction, either internally or externally? Well, you're seeing, uh, particularly on the, at the state level, 
the, the concept of digital transformation becoming a, a big topic at a statewide level as mm -hmm. well as an you know, individual agency level. And, you know, design thinking, customer-centric approaches are becoming, I think, very common across the states. What are you learning, Doug, about what the CIOs at the state level need, the resources that they don't have, whether it's money or personnel, skills within that personnel group that they need to execute the strategies they develop? Bingo. <laughs> All of the above. Yes. Well, I think, I think the, the understanding here, too, it differentiates uh, particularly from federal and local is that 48% of the state CI organizations are 100% cost recovery. So they must charge their customers. Their budget is based on that. So that immediately creates some challenges. Another close to 40% are predominantly cost recovery with a little bit of general fund help. So overall, 80% of our state CEOs operate in a manner which they, they must recover their costs. And in some cases, again, they're doing it through 100%, so they get no money. So they have to operate as internal businesses within that, S has constraints around what they can resource, and that is, you know, they don't have extra dollars for innovation. They don't have extra dollars for project management office. They don't have extra dollars for enterprise architecture and policy. So you see when we ask the questions around what are they looking for in additional funding, it's to support what characteristically you would call the overhead functions in the policy directions and architecture and researching emerging technologies. Those are all things that are necessary but problematic in, in state CIO business models. So that's a big part of that is having, to, based on how they're constructed, is they, they don't go to the legislature for an appropriation to support this. They have to figure out how to do it within the constraints of their annual operating revenue that they're projecting to get from their customers. So it's a little bit more difficult than a regular appropriation. So they've got to be pretty sophisticated, right, Graham, about knowing what their costs are and their customers' willingness to pay those costs. You, they have, and uh, you're seeing you know, increasingly application disciplines like technology business management and the activity-based costing principle and underlying it to understand the true cost of service delivery. And then, you know, as we talked about, the theme of this year's service uh, survey really being around customer relationship management. Those agency customers are critical. You know, they don't necessarily have another supplier, but they have a very strong voice. And so I think with the advent... Don't like paying those increasing <laughs> bills. That's right. And, and transparency is as much as anything. I think exactly. just understanding why the costs are, what they are, is half the battle. You know, because you can control costs to a certain extent and be more efficient, but just demonstrating why a certain cost is what it is and what value for money means is pretty important. And, and back to my point about the, the overhead costs that uh, may be kind of necessary evil, cybersecurity came out as the number one element of those costs that needs to be embedded in the rates. And so that's what they're looking for. So if you look at that from a risk perspective, that's critical. Those dollars uh, must be embedded in the rates. So if they're doing that comparison to the marketplace, the, CIO, the agencies are going to say to the CIO, uh, your service isn't great, your rates are high, and I can look at the marketplace and see I can get this for a lot less. What they, don't, they have to understand through transparency is that embedded in that rate is all these overhead functions. I'm sensitive to that. Uh, I spent most of my career in the CIO's office as a deputy running overhead organizations, enterprise architecture, training, uh, customer relationship management. We now have, I think, three quarters, 75% of our CEOs said they have a customer relationship management organization. Many of them have chief customer officers. So that's a big sea change we've seen is the understanding that they have to create not only a framework 
to be able to execute that, they have to have the personnel and they have to have the business practices, service level agreements. They need to go have business meetings with the lines of business leaders, not the CIOs and technologists from the agencies. They need to understand the business they're supporting. And I think we're seeing some breakthroughs there. It's, it still is a challenge, but I think we're seeing some breakthroughs in based on the comments and the interviews and the data when three quarters of them have already agreed to set up a unit uh, then that's can be create some tension because again it's coming out of the bills they're sending to their customers mm -hmm. you mentioned this customer experience customer satisfaction emerged as an issue in last year's survey we've been doing this a long time where does cybersecurity rank among this year's challenges for state cios it's consistently number one i mean has been in our own top 10 six consecutive years we'll be doing the top 10 for 2020 in about a month and a half I'm, it's not going to change Cybersecurity. we're talking about uh essentially what i describe as the is a business risk to the continuity of government so we've kind of shifted uh if you look at what's happening with the threat levels ransomware it's much different even the last two to three years than it was previously. We were concerned about data breach. We were concerned about the kind of the integrity issues of government. Now we're talking about the actual continuity of government, the operations of government, critical infrastructure. Because you've seen instances where yeah. governments have been completely shut down Correct. from an IT perspective. Correct. So that's a very different conversation with executive officials, governors, legislators about, well, they stole our data. Bad guys have now figured out a better way to monetize the threat is to simply lock up government and hold it for ransom, and, they, and it's been a very effective tool. So states are highly sensitive to, um, to that. And it also brings up a secondary issue, which we kind of talked about in the, in the survey around state-local collaboration, is uh, for the first time security uh, became number one. We asked to, to look at the range of services that you're offering to local jurisdictions within your state. Uh, security now number one. So states are trying to figure out how to help their local government brethren. What, if anything, did you learn about the way that uh, states would deal with ransomware incidents either within state government or helping to triage uh, a, a local government in, within their jurisdiction? We didn't get into the operational sides in this survey. We've covered that in other reports, and we have our own community of state chief or main security officers. Uh, but we're learning, you know, from the states. I mean, first and foremost, it's don't pay, mm -hmm. you know, but clearly it's more about resilience and more about preparation. So, you know, the prior preparation issue is really key. Uh, states are figuring out both formal and informal ways to assist local governments. One example, which again ties into our state and local collaboration, and we have several questions in there about what are they doing generally. What they're doing generally is offering their uh, price contracts so they're established opportunities and things like managed security services they're offering that on their contracts basis to local government so they can actually take advantage of that the other thing they're doing is providing for remediation and recovery services too so sending basically a state SWAT team and, and it may be in fact a combination of the CIO's office the National Guard and state emergency services we've seen that where they're going to I think this is a this is an evolving story that's going to take a lot more lot more interest in the, in the next couple of years. What's the most important thing, Graham, that you learned from this that maybe you didn't expect to see this year? A trend that didn't continue from previous years or a, uh, a trend that swung 
a lot more heavily than you expected it to, something like that. Okay. I, I would say there are, there are a number of topic areas where we have what we call longitudinal questions. Mm-hmm. You will ask the same question either every year or every two years. And a lot of the cases, it's a fairly steady trend. You just sort of see it progressing. I think the business one, models one is probably the, the clearest where just the, the emergence of managed services and outsourcing software as a service, you know, provisioning is growing at a steady rate. That's sort of to expect it. Where we see surprises, and it varies survey by survey, but often we see a discontinuity in the responses on one of these questions, and we try and figure out where it's coming from, and sometimes it makes us go back and look at our data to see if we did something wrong and just pulling the data. But I think when we go back to it, a lot of the times it's due to the changeover in the respondents. Because one thing you need to remember, of course, is we're you know, serving the state CIOs, that's a fairly dynamic group of individuals. And I think this year we had, was it 19? 19 over 19 new ones. And so you've got 19 new people out of 49 this year who were responding. You get different opinions. And some of it is obviously facts-based, it's subjective, objective, but some of it is sort of subjective Mm -hmm. in what their viewpoint is. And you see things jump around a little bit as new voices come in. I think the two areas this year that jumped out to me were around cybersecurity strategy and I think cloud migration strategy, where you saw some changes in the data. And I think a lot of that was due to new people coming in and having new views and what they want to do and maybe revisiting plans. How have each of those changed? Is there a trend to the way they've changed or because of the nature of the churn or different strategies, well, there's think, kind I of a diffusion? I think we saw in both areas that there were, we saw a fairly high, in the prior years, we saw a fairly high number of sort of a settled strategy. We think we have a strategy, we have a plan together, and some of those numbers went down this year, which we attribute to new people coming in and saying, well, let's take another look at this. Mm. Maybe it isn't as settled as we thought. Doug, you lead the state CIOs. Graham, you're active in NASIO. What did, what did, what are you gonna tell this community to focus on? How are you gonna marshal the combined resources of the community to address some of these challenges? Strategic uh, intent and execution is critical for the state CIOs, particularly because of their short tenure. So that's usually coming out of, we, we, the, 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 there's a wealth of data in this survey every year and I think it's the it's our message to the marketplace but it's also the voice as, as uh, Graham said we're channeling them in, a, in an aggregate way but it's their the voice of what they need to do and their biggest challenge is really executing on on the plan because of the pressures of state government but, but also because of their tenure they know that they're under significant amount of pressure they have these business models so they they don't have this these extra funds to do things so they're under they've got its constraints but the biggest challenge is they their runway to get things done is very very short uh, and i think that's the challenge is we try to to bring this aggregate view i think of all this data and and basically being able to go out and explain that to the marketplace really i think helps them because they realize that essentially they're all in this together this is they're not an outlier they're very homo it's a very homogeneous group Hmm. so that's an important message and this data and has for we now this is this is 10 years so we have a a good partnership here and we're always bringing new views uh, because as graham said i think it's important part of this is 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 straight facts it's empirical other it's interpretation it's perspective and we see these shifts as we have again this year we have 19 new voices 21 new cios in 2019 to date hmm. as of I, I have to look at every week because <laughs> just, <clears throat> so I actually just did just on, on on monday so so just one this week we we uh we lost another one so uh 
this this the continuity that's the important part of this i always look at this we have something that has a 10-year track record of bringing that data and remarkable response rates i mean 49 this year 50 the year before i think 48 the year before didn't that, respond so, yeah. so can we get him on the phone right now <laughs> Call well him up and ask him the questions okay, we, we we could we did a, how many interviews do we do 20 just north of 20 maybe 22 22 on site so 22 face-to-face interviews at our immediate conference so we come up with a general set of topics kind of how we're going to do the treatment of those but then to prep of that uh, we do a series of uh, of interviews uh, with the CIOs at the conference, and that really helps inform are we on the right track. We had decided to to cover uh, customer relationship management. We thought, well, that's kind of a soft area. Are we going to clearly, you know, high degree of sentiment, lots of of interest in talking about that topic because I think they're realizing that that is an area they really need to focus on more, particularly as they begin to shed some of the operational systems and are moving more to SaaS and more to cloud and more to managed services. You know, we describe that as CIO as broker. So the owner operator model is, is kind of devolving into one, which is the CIO is conducting the orchestra a variety of sources and some may be on-premise and internal and others may be across the country. And that makes a big difference on how they deliver. Graham, anything to add <laughs> to what Doug said? Doug, about? Doug said too much. Yeah. Probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think just to, just to maybe reinforce some, uh, a couple of points. I think that the value of the survey, um, it's there's an individual value and there's an aggregate value. I think some of the CIOs find value in seeing what their peer group think and seeing that down, you know, on, on the record. And sometimes it helps them go back to their leadership in their home states and say, you know, it's not just me. Right? Look, at this is the community. Like Everybody's feeling these things. But also, Doug does a great job in taking the data from the survey and sending it to lots of different groups. And he, I don't know how many presentations you do a year, but it's a lot. So the message gets out there, and it's an, it's, it's an advocacy platform in some respects for the perspective of the state CIO. That, that, that's, I should have used That's a great advocacy with this. is important, and I'd say the majority of the groups that I speak to and present this interpretation, my color commentary and all this, are would be lines of business and other state officials. So National Governors Association, National Association of State Budget Officers, Auditors, Controllers, Federation of Tax People, I can think of all the conferences in the last six months. So it's not the IT community. It's not speaking to the city. It's actually bringing this data to the other lines of business in state government that have to understand what's going on with the CIO organization. We're starting to run out of time, but I'm curious, when you go and give those presentations, I assume you do Q&A, what, are there themes or threads that kind of run through the questions that you get from the people who are um, coming to your presentations who aren't IT people, who are mission delivery or more frontline mission delivery mm-hmm. people? Generally, uh, they're interested in this business model the, the changing the t- that's taking place with the business models, and they wonder how that's going to impact them. The other part is, uh, if they're customers of the CIO organization, uh, they're generally uh, they want to complain to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I basically tell them I'm not there for mm-hmm. uh, for attribution, but they they are concerned about the continued uh, consolidation and unify. We have states that have now become almost entirely unified meaning that they, they have everything, all the people, all the budget, all the technology within the CR organization. That becomes disconcerting to them because they see that as a loss of power, but ultimately they can focus on their mission space and what they're supposed to do. So uh, they're just across the board in terms of where the states are, but that's generally what I hear. They, they, they appreciate the cybersecurity message 
because they're living that. Uh, but they're they're often frustrated about the business model discussions. Mm-hmm. And as Robert said, nobody wants to get a bill. You're not going to give us a bill, are you? I we're could. I could. Well, we're not I giving could. you one. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're happy to have you come on and talk about we're, this again. We're a CIO association. We bill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we had that coming. <laughs> you set yourself up. Yeah, I really did. Uh, Graham and Doug, thanks both very much for coming on talking about this. The responsive state CIO connecting to the customer. Thanks for uh, being here. Thank you. Thank Good you. To be with you. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.